0: This podcast is proudly brought to you by Torched. Want to know how to grow your business with podcasting? Head to gettorched.com. That's G-E-T-T-O-R-C-H-T.com. I'm Wayne Carey, and this is The Truth Hurts.
1: Well, Wayne, hello again for another episode of The Truth Hurts, and I can't help but notice as soon as I see You know what? I can't
0: help but notice, and (laughs) I love the fact that you've, you've gone back to the hat. And I think it's a good choice. Uh, you've, uh, until you, the mosh kicks in, then stick with the uh, stick with the hat while we're doing this, please. I can't believe it's you. very off putting with the shine that comes off <laughs> your five head.
1: I can't believe you've hijacked my intro to, <laughs> to tell me that in the first. Oh, I like that. Like Thirty seconds. I like the hat. Well, thank you. Um, but the elephant in the room right now is, <laughs> is actually is actually what's I have going put, on. I have put on a little bit actually. What is going on with your eye? The eye. Oh, well, well, you've got a big shiner and it's well, like, I, you're a bit
0: puffy. I could, uh, <laughs> there's so many areas that I could go here, but uh, this show is called The Truth Hurts. So I, I tell you what, I, I had a very interesting weekend and Carter was involved in all of it. A little four-year-old. So he did kick for the first time, right? So, and fair to say for all those uh, kangaroo supporters out there that are thinking father-son... Don't count your chickens just yet. So his first, his first session, albeit it was raining and drizzly and cold, and he didn't want to be there um, at all for the first twenty minutes. Warmed up a little bit and got going by the end. But uh, as I said, not uh, you know, he's, he's not over the line by any stretch of the imagination. But then um, got back to uh, Jess's place and he was uh, his bike. He's got the training wheels still on his bike. I thought, well, it's been a big day. You didn't you know, shine so much at Oz Kick, but we're ripping the training wheels off. And I ripped them off and he just jumped on and just rode straight up the road, turned around and came back. So proud parenting very moment. Very proud parenting moment there. Um, and yeah, I just couldn't believe how easily he did it. Should have been off uh, long ago.
1: So that's a great deflection. That's and, then, a deflection.
0: <laughs> just... and then, so I'm going to give you multiple choice. About <laughs> right the, I'm going to give you multiple choice about the eye. So uh, then having a, a wrestle with Carter Copter Knee, to the head, Um, or that's A, B, or a phone to the side of the head, C, was out on Saturday (laughs) night, happened to get into a little bit of a scuffle, or D, none of the above. Which one would you take out of all of those?
1: Ah, oh, geez, that's that's a really hard question. Knowing you, it's probably none of the above, is it? You, you <laughs> sneaky bastard! What, 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 no, what, have you, what have you done? No,
0: I was just a, a, a good knee phone. <laughs> should have been D. Should have been all of the above. No, it's just a little, uh, little knock to the side of the head, and I'm, I'm fine. I'm a big boy. i from Carter. I, I, yeah, I remember I had uh, this happened. Oh, must have been about three years ago on Channel Seven, and I was on a, was on a Wednesday night, and I was coming home from an event, and I fell over and cut the eye. And when I say cut the eye, I, I probably needed a stitch or two. And I remember I rang Gary O'Keefe, who is a ripper. At uh, Channel 7 And I said Gaz uh, I've got got a problem here I said I need <laughs> I think I might need Some stitches And at the actual Eye went black yeah. Black and blue And he said Well nothing untoward Like nothing's going to come out Or anything I said Absolutely no way in the world Unless Unless there's a camera In the street That saw me I think where I, I remember this Because I, I asked
1: fell. you I asked you during the week You're like No, oh, no, nothing No, no, nothing No, it no, would have no,
0: been, uh, no, been Great vision If they had the vision Of me just uh, play you know, face planting onto the road. But, um, no, so they're very similar to that. Nothing will ever be, you know, will come of it. But, I, yeah, it's it's funny how people look at you when you've got a little bit of a, you know, black eye. And it's saw? not really that bad, is it? Is it that bad? It's quite puffy. I'll tell you what, it's a bit sore.
1: A little, little puffy on the yeah. side. yeah. yeah. Yeah, just on Carter because I know you are a very proud dad, and and football's been a big part of your life. Do you think it'll be part of his? And how do you uh, broach that in terms of encouraging him to to play or or go down his own path with whatever he wants to do?
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not uh, massively encouraging him into footy. Like I said, he wanted to go to Kick, It was a it was a choice. He knew some other you know little kids he. He's he's not officially an kick member because he's only four. You've got to be turning five, but he's just yeah. down there mingling, you know, with the other kids and having a having a go at it. So it's a, just a good little introduction. I was hands on, which I I, I the last <laughs> what, time, umpiring or what? Were no, you? I just got involved and helped the kids. Showing, not one of
1: those bad parents. You showing?
0: Weren't... Well, no, I was showing the kids how to hold the ball properly. Okay, so rather than you know them just coming in and allowing them to kick the ball, I was just just showing them a little bit of technique you can never start too early so i did That was like i said a rainy drizzly day but it was good to it was actually really good to get involved but it was a good weekend of footy on the flip side and i'm i'm changing the a subject now because i thought <laughs> i thought the uh, the big game yesterday was a little bit disappointing and i've been pretty critical about the blues haven't i mm, absolutely um, i will say this other than the difference between the two teams now is the collingwood's confidence and the Blues lack of confidence. And it just shines through. And not only in front of goal. They could, have, they could have been a lot closer. This they could have put Collingwood under a lot of pressure if they'd kicked straight in front of goal. And there's probably at least six that you should be sixty to you know, sixty five to seventy percent you should be nailing those shots. And they they're missing those shots at the moment. So it takes the scoreboard pressure off Collingwood and Collingwood, well, you know, the and I know this has been said a lot by other people, but they are just a really exciting team to watch because, no matter where they are, they just take the game on. They they surge the ball forward, and I love the way they run and carry. Darcy Moore, the the, the skipper, was Huge. sensational. Ten intercept at, marks. At, yeah, it wasn't the end. Eleven it was just
1: revised back. He lost the record. Oh, that's so equal record. Equal order. record now. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. Tammy Darcy got him.
0: Yeah, he was very. Very solid, and, and just I, I guess he highlights the way they want to start their attack. He marks it, and he takes off and, and, and uses it so well. So I was very impressed by them. The Blues, on the other hand, um, long way back. I know they're not that far off in terms of points on the ladder, mm-hmm. but in terms of just where they are at with their game and their confidence – you know, it just you just as Pago used to say, you just can't flick on a switch and and the next week you you come in confident. So I'm I'm I am worried about where they're at.
1: There, there was a word that stuck in my mind after the game in terms of comparing the two teams and the contrast, and that was trust. It was like the Collingwood players I felt had absolute trust in their teammates and what they wanted to achieve. And Carlton just seemed to be second-guessing every move that they were making along the way. Yeah, that,
0: the, the, the trust that you're talking about is the one where it, it, it's kicked into you know, your defence and you just you see Darcy Moore and others there and you just see the positioning that they've got and you just trust them to win that contest. And sometimes it might be a two-on-one, but you just know that he's going to get there and get the fist on it so then you can get on your bike and you're going, you're going to where you think the next possession's going to go. I don't think Carlton have that same trust. I mean Wiedering at the other end isn't
1: is struggling a bit, isn't, isn't he? Isn't
0: in the form? We know yeah. that he, he can play not a similar game to Darcy Moore. But he, he can play that you know, oh, really he has been an intercept contested. Player. Yes, yeah. that's what I mean. But yeah. not as he's not that dashing player yep. off half back, but certainly um in terms of you know, intercept marks. But he's just not that player at the moment. So they it's confidence. I no doubt think that you know, if they can somehow, and you get that from the training track, um, you get that with how you go about it, the way you prepare, and um, I, I think for that reason, I and I and I said this a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't think the Blues can play finals this year, unfortunately.
1: One uh, talking point out of the game was involving Jack Ginnivan. It's something that we've spoken about before. Last year, of course, the AFL
0: disgraceful the but, way he's been treated.
1: The the AFL, uh, I guess altered its uh, adjudication last year in terms of how he was being treated because he was dropping his knees, lifting his arm up to get the tackle to be high. And so he was getting a lot of free kicks. He was getting no free kicks. Now it seems he has altered he his play. Get, he
0: can't get a free kick. can't get one at no, all. So That's graceful.
1: It that really
0: is. It, it, no, it's terrible. And for anyone that says that you know they're, they're not being biased towards him, I mean, it's there for everyone to see. Even non-Collingwood supporters are sitting there saying, no, this, this is now not right. And I, and, I, and I truly believe that. And talk about not being right. The commentary around Nick Dacos as a little punch to the stomach was horrendous. I've never seen a more biased um, amount of commentary around a punch to the gut. If that was Toby Green, everyone would have been saying, oh, he's in trouble. Oh, why would he have to do that? He's the captain of the club. Oh, but And I get it. A kid in his second year, he's Brownlow favourite, golden-haired boy at the moment – and yes, is it should it be a fine? Yes, and that's what it will be. But why why straight away give the commentary the way they did for mm, Nick David, which they would not have given. Imagine even if Jack Kinnavan had done that. Yeah. I mean, and to anyone, there's a number of players well, he got hit that. He
1: got a gut punch himself from Jai Caldwell a few it, weeks ago it, and Collingwood fans are calling for his head. Yeah, and if Jordan if Jordan DeGoey did that, yeah. he, that, that would
0: be oh, you know, just unnecessary. It's just so funny how people get put in a gun and yeah. get treated differently. And and that's from not only the umpires, but the commentators. And I and that the bias in that commentary was horrendous.
1: That was Channel Seven too. You, was it? You, well, yeah. it was
0: well, it was piss poor.
1: Okay, uh, I went to Essendon Richmond on Saturday night. The Dreamtime Clash, first game I've been to this year. Uh, Essendon, in my opinion, didn't really deserve to win. They weren't the best team.
0: Just to go back on that before yep. we move on, I'm not suggesting that Nick Dacos gets a week. Yeah. I'm suggesting don't water things down for some and then pump things up for others. That's what I meant.
1: I'll ta- I'll, I'll take that on board. I can yep. see you're very, very firm on that. And you've been...
0: Is it, is it, is it the black eye that's
1: putting cool. <laughs> on? Yeah, I'm a little bit intimidated <laughs> at the moment. Uh... Bombers won by a point. It was a great finish. It, it had reminded me of other games that I'd either been to or watched on TV as a supporter. Very early, uh, when I was younger, I went to an Easter Sunday game, Essendon-Carlton, the Bombers won by a point. Zaharakis, anzac Dayson wins in Perth under James Heard during the Supplements saga. That's as an Essendon supporter. What, what games stick out in your memory, in your lifetime, that you really thought, geez, that was a bloody Good win. Is I there ab- one in particular. My absolute
0: favourites, and you just you're a bomber's man, so you just gave us those two examples. My two favourite games, I reckon, of all time was when Sydney beat Essendon by a point <laughs> in a prelim <laughs> yeah. and, we were, Plugger, go, yeah. and we we're going into we we're playing them. We would have been we were already in the grand final. Yeah. And then there's another one that really stands out, probably one of my favourites, and that was ninety-nine. And that's when the <laughs> Blues got the Bombers by a point as well to go into a grand final of which we were I all meant ready. bloody North Melbourne games, you idiot. So they, they're they the two games that stand out for me.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: They, they, well, they were massive because we were meant to... If, you yeah. know, one point separated us playing the Bombers twice in grand finals. Quite incredible. There was one game in 93 where we came from behind. I reckon we were about 20 points behind Essendon at three-quarter time and we ended up getting up... Uh, by 10, 10 or so points in 93. So that that stands out as a, a game coming from behind and, you know, that thrill of being out on the ground. But as a spectator, like you were on the weekend and having that thrill, they were the two, unfortunately, <laughs> the Bombers on the receiving
1: end. So, speaking of comebacks, did you play in the 69-point the comeback no, game? No. You missed that one, did you? I,
0: if I wasn't, uh, which, uh, not the final you're talking about. The, no, the big no,
1: big no. One. No, where the bomb. The comeback no. game. The oh, the comeback. Come, no, no. Come if, I was, all time. if I was
0: playing, it wouldn't happen. I was injured or suspended, one or the other, and I was sitting in the coach's box. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Torched. Want to know how to grow your business with podcasting? Head to gettorched.com. That's G-E-T-T-O-R-C-H-T dot com.
1: Now you've already brought up. We've already spoken about the umpires this weekend. I saw a moment in the the Giants game against St Kilda yesterday where the umpire was saying Brent back two meters, Brent back two meters, and the GWS player didn't move. They weren't what? moving anywhere, and then the umpire gave fifty meter penalty. I felt really bad for him because Xavier O'Halloran, so the umpire didn't know his name. He obviously is hearing Brent two meters, so he's going. I don't. I don't need to go anywhere. It did remind me of something else that I saw on the weekend. Uh, Channel 7, actually, your former employer filed on something you had to say last week about, um, was it f- uh, Firepower? Firepower? Yeah, Firepower. Mm-hmm. Uh, they no, it called- was about Buddy Franklin. Oh, it was about Buddy. My yeah. apologies. Buddy Franklin. Anyway, they- Wayne Carey is your name, but W-A-N-E was the spelling <laughs> right throughout the article. I just, well, you are waning. A well, fraction.
0: well, They might have been trying to say one year. I've been trying to change. My, I've been trying to change my name to one Oneye uh, for a long time. Talking about Buddy Franklin, I think that, and we saw him play a little bit differently on the weekend. Kick the three, but talk about uh, trying to finding a way how to lose a game. North Melbourne going oh, over geez. the interchange. Buddy kicked these three, but I like the way he got up the ground a little bit more. And I, I tend to think, and we wrote an article about this years ago um, in the Age.
1: Well, just on that. We did get a reader question on this, yep. Duck. I think I know where you're going, Duck. This is from Luke Harvey. Thoughts on Buddy moving to a wing like Richo? So is this is this where you're going with this? You th- you think it's a viable option? Well, we spoke. Like I
0: said, we wrote an article about it, so that's a it's a very viable question. and I like it, and I think Buddy would do really well up there because what it does is it doesn't allow people to sit on him. you're not like because he doesn't have that turn of speed. We know that his marking has never been great, and it's probably you know at its probably at its lowest point given his age and all of that i'm not having a a crack but moving up onto the wing is that he would would be able to float down that would be something for sure that i would try and doesn't mean that he doesn't invariably end up forward just means that he picks and chooses i mean jeremy cameron just comes up and um comes up onto the, the wing whenever he wants and drifts down so surely buddy can do the same
1: Absolutely. Well, while we're on the topic of our listeners, I guess we've been we've been asking for your feedback on different shows and we did say we'd incorporate some of it. This is this is just a couple that I've I've got for you, Wayne. So that was Luke Harvey who asked the, the buddy question. No relation. Who's it? Luke Harvey? Mm. To who? Well, Boomer Harvey, Robert Harvey. Oh, come on. <laughs> he does. He, he does. <laughs> I reckon if he was Boomer Harvey's, mate, he, we wouldn't be writing into you after what you've said about Boomer recently.
0: What did I what did I say about Bermond?
1: Oh, you were talking about him cheating for kicks last no, week. No, I didn't say cheating
0: for <laughs> kicks. I just said he's, he's played a, a very wide game.
1: I'm <laughs> oh, backtracking. I thought this was the truth hurts. Anyway, uh, Billy Jacks said, Hope I look half as good as you at the end of my 40s, much less in my 50s. This is after your advice Your uh, advice in, involving the moisturiser last week. By the way, as a Mad Geelong supporter, I was there when you tore us apart in that night game final. You and Dermy were the personification of everything a centre-half forward should be. Um, mainstream media, much poorer without you Thanks for the memories, Duck. Oh, that's nice Well,
0: Surely they're not all positive <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, I've got one here from um, Luke Lewis Actually, on a similar topic about your, um, your regime that you use He said, when did Botox and a facelift become using moisturiser?
0: <laughs> well, I did say technology Who was that that said that?
1: Luke Lewis, that yeah, was well, from well Luke,
0: good uh, question no, de- de- Definitely not a facelift I can guarantee you that but You still haven't denied it, Botox it may have be, been a little bit of technology involved which I did say last week. I mean, years ago, that technology wasn't around. Now it is.
1: You and tiptoed around it, though. You yeah, t- well, t- yeah, well,
0: he's right. So not, not a facelift.
1: Now, I, I got a few emails as well from various uh, football people from my past. One from uh, a guy by the name of Ashley Brown. I think he was from uh, – he'd coached in Millicent originally. He came and coached at La Trobe, which is just out of Devonport, where I'm from, then East Devonport, where I played footy. He was he was a hard man. He in, he He was a good footballer, too. He said, been loving – um, the truth. It's just wondering when you're going to reveal and have a chat about, about my footy career. You haven't asked me about my career yet, Wayne. Well,
0: what? I didn't think the uh, our <laughs> listeners would be all that. <laughs> well, well, sorry, Ed. No, we, we, you know what? We'll we will do a special, we'll do a special <laughs> podcast for your football career, which will run for about a minute.
1: I did, say, I did write back to Ash that <laughs> it would be a very short conversation. But just on uh, using him as an example, he... He was the type of bloke when he was in the opposition. You, like, and I was playing against. He would, would have been late twenties, maybe thirty. I was seventeen, um, just playing senior football. And you, and he was the kind of guy you really feared. Mm. Was there anyone in? I mean, you were a pretty brash player, so maybe, maybe not at AFL level, but anyone you really feared on the footy field.
0: Um, I remember the first time I, I was, yeah, scared to line up on someone, and his name was Jed Lawton and he he was playing for Central Districts at the time, and I was playing for North Adelaide Reserves. So I was 15. Um, he'd had a reputation of being a bit mad. He actually went up and coached uh, in the Riverina League and was a very successful coach, for, I think, for Gann Main. Um, won premierships, um, all of that, and was intimidating in the country after he left Central District. So he didn't quite make SANFL footy. I think he might have played you know, a little bit but him being a man when I was 15 lining up on him and knowing that he had this crazy he had this crazy look um, shaved head and he, I remember him saying to me if I go near if you go near the ball he said I'm gonna knock your head off <laughs> and I, it didn't stop me going near the ball and I still I still ran around and got got a bit of the footy. but um, every time I went near it there was always there was a little bit of a thought there that you know that that uh, that threat could come true um, thank you Thankfully, it didn't. But yeah, he was one that I w- w- was scared when I sort of walked first. I didn't didn't show it. I don't think, but certainly uh, inside I was.
1: I guess that's the thing with country football, isn't it? You probably don't have the same protections that you maybe get at, at the top level because you can have some mad men out there.
0: Oh well, I I spoke at a an event recently in the bush where, you know, we're talking about something similar, and one of the uh, one of the guys in the crowd came up and he was an ump- ex umpire in Wagga. In the Wagga League, in the Riverina League, in the Farrah League, and he said, "Well, as an umpire, there was only one person I was scared of, and that was your brother." And he said, "That's an umpire saying that." <laughs> I am not sure the umpire should feel scared of a player, but he said, he, "He just said, you know, my brother intimidated a lot of people in that in that competition. Probably a little bit of a bully, but he was, uh, yeah, he was one of those players that everyone feared in the bush."
1: Uh, another one I got was from a mate of mine, actually. Sam, his name is. He's sent through a bit of vision, which I think I showed to you a few years ago. It was He was uh, captain of Bond University up in Queensland. He's gone as skipper to do the toss of the coin. Um, and this is a pretty serious competition. And he's but before the, the, the uh, coin has hit the ground, he's pointed to the end he wanted to kick to and try to, you know, con the umpires in a way, but he reckons, he reckons he was taking it from you. He reckons you used to point, you used to put the arm out before, before the coin hit the ground. Oh,
0: I, I tried to do it once. I learned it off Tony Shaw. I reckon Shaw, he did that a few times and just, you know, in, in, uh, in trying to muck around. Um, I, I think I did do it once and I don't think I got away with it from memory. <laughs> I do remember that I never called uh, heads. I called, I always said tails never fails. Yeah. Um, I think I won most of them, but that, that, that moment when you leave that situation, so tossing the coin, running back to your team to give one last, you know, speech before you go to your positions is probably the most daunting thing for a captain. And I've spoken to Paul Kelly and Stephen Kernahan and Michael Voss and these guys about it before, and they all agree. And some, you know, some said that, you know, that was that they just didn't know what to say or they'd palm it off to someone else at different times. So it was... One of those things you had to think about a little bit, and some, you know, you didn't have, you know, something to say, so you'd always just go back to what, you know, the coach had said during the week or reinforce, um, so some of the things message? you did at training.
1: Was it a, was a different message every week? Same themes.
0: Well, well, you can't be inspirational every week. You try. You <laughs> think you can be, um, and you shouldn't. Surely, by that stage of your preparation, you shouldn't have to be motivated. Yeah. You, that's what, That's when your anxiety is at its highest level. You know, you, you're, you're absolutely ready to go. That nervous energy that you have from that point to your position to that ball bouncing is a feeling like no other. Running onto the ground, different feeling again, just that adrenaline you get when the crowd roars or boos or whatever it does, and you come on. And, and so that adrenaline is different to that nervous energy as you're walking to your position. The great unknown, how am I going to play? Who's going to pick me up? You know, you know, I want to get a kick. It's just all of those thoughts. Some negative, then you flip them to positive. But it's just your, your thoughts and your mind are just going a million miles an hour about what or how you're going to go on that day. And then once that ball's bounced, everything changes. Then, you, then you're then you in player mode and, and those nerves and everything just disappear and, you, and you're into the game and hopefully you get an early kick. If you get an early kick, you're on your way.
1: I find that really fascinating. Um, just on that topic, did you have any that you thought, geez, I was – that was geez, that was a good speech. Or geez, that was shit house. And did you did oh, you yeah. think
0: did you think you could tell by the reaction? <laughs> <laughs> you... Was there anyone who never listened to you? It's like oh, there would have been actually uh, Pikey probably uh, <laughs> uh, for a period. Pike. Yeah, Pikey <laughs> mightn't have listened at different times. Um, he yeah, he he did his own thing. Uh, there, there would have been a there would have been a few, but it's all about reaction. It's a bit like when you you know sitting there with your mates, you know, having a cold one or or uh, you know out to lunch or dinner or whatever it may be, and you crack a. You crack a gag. You know when you've cracked a good gag. And if no one laughs at mine, I just hit them and laugh anyway. That, that's, that's my go-to. You force them. yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, last week was a big week on the podcast in terms of what you said uh, about Alistair Clarkson. Uh, you made some comments in terms of uh, his media performance and what you were reading into that about how he was going. Since then, he's stepped away from North Melbourne for an indefinite period to, to focus on his mental health. How, how do you view what you said now knowing what you know now about about Alistair?
0: Well I think that what I was trying to say is I was seeing some cracks. Um, he's always been defensive which we spoke about last week but but those cracks, the pressure you could see the pressure building on him and I, and I don't think that um, he would have made those comments that he made about Hawthorne even for instance if he was if he was in a good state of mind and And clearly he hasn 't been for some time pretty incredible when when you think about it him going through what he 's gone through and to to be able to front up to the media and i don 't know whether you 've uh watched much of what the kangaroos have been doing, but he fronts up for all their for all their different campaigns, you know the non gambling campaign and all that and he 's the face of you know those different ads and um He fronts up to all the media um at the start of the week you know doesn't doesn 't palm it off and he 's been doing those questions and having to answer. Questions about what's going on, and then being beaten by you know twenty, you know fifteen goals, ten goals. It's it's a pretty tough caper. So we we all we all hope that um, Clarko gets back and he's he's the best version of himself. Um, and and this whole situation is is sorted out for everyone's sake, because people are still forgetting there is there are other people out there that have you know have been disgruntled through all of this and. And uh, yes, we care about Clarko, but there are other people involved that um, are also hurting. So th- we we just want a resolution. That's what we want. So then everyone can move forward.
1: Well, on Clarko, it seems like you've just rediscovered. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously very serious about the Alistair situation. You've just rediscovered your Twitter password because you've you've had a bit to say recently. Um, some of it, you know, quite risque, Wayne. But just Risk one. K. Yeah, one of them uh, was on Alistair Clarkson. Once again, all those in the media that piled on Clarko now asking for justice, hashtag weak as piss.
0: Oh, so many hypocrites. I like the the hypocrisy in AFL media and media full stop. And you, you could sit here, maybe we might do a podcast on all those that are in the media that sit there in judgment of players that like a good time on a weekend. And there's plenty of people in the media that like a good time on a weekend. So, you know, it's it's so interesting how, you know, they sit there in judgment every week about all the – and they make judgment and people are guilty before proven guilty and they sit there and do that. And I, I often find that the people that th- throw the stones generally have more to hide than the people that sit back and have a more level view. It's almost like it's their cover. They like to throw –
1: are you like gonna to name throw, names here? Like, they, like you, to throw, you, uh, they like
0: to throw people under the bus. Well, yeah, I think it's quite obvious for everyone to see those that sit, sit in the in the moral high, higher ground and and make comments. i I just I think it's you know, it it's poor when, you know, we know that there are there are plenty of people that, you know, do things in their private lives that they don't want spoken about.
1: Well, I think you've probably enjoyed that more than most. A very serious ending to this week's show on the True Thirds, but you stay out of trouble before next week, Wayne. I know, um, I know it's been a Stay out of trouble? Well, i have just looking. I've managed to.
0: What are we now? Five weeks? Six weeks?
1: What, since the headline? The,
0: and I've got a black eye. I've <laughs> got a black
1: eye. Yeah, yeah, um, you, you're definitely taking an interesting look into, into the week, but um, I'm sure you'll get through it, and I'll see you again soon.
0: This podcast is proudly brought to you by Torched. Want to know how to grow your business with podcasting? Head to gettorched.com. That's G-E-T-T-O-R-C-H-T dot com.